This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. It go down. It go down in the field. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus vest that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. From NJ.com and the Star Ledger, welcome to the Rutgers Rant, your one-stop podcast for the Scarlet Knights. With your host, Steve Politi and Rutgers insiders Keith Sargent and James Cratch. Let's start shopping. Hello, everybody. Steve Plitty from NJ Advance Media. Welcome back to the Rutgers Rant. Sarge and Cratch are here with me as always. Guys, uh, 2-0. Nice trip up to Syracuse with Sarge. A wonderful three-and-a-half-hour drive back because the two of us didn't realize there was an airport in Syracuse. That's okay. We'll, we'll know that for next time. If there is a next time, doubt there'll be a next time. Uh, you know, I, I really – not much to say about it. You know, it was a classic. The Greg Schiano wins circa like what we want to say 2007. Not a lot of offense. Uh, defense was great. Special teams were great. You know, uh, I, they had the formula. I think they knew midway through that game, maybe even you know earlier than that, it was going to be one of these tight nip and tuck contests. They didn't want the offense to lose it for them. The defense was just good enough. And most importantly, you know, they got what we what you guys thought was the most challenging win. Uh, road win, non-conference win that they needed, Sarge. Yeah, I think we know what Rutgers is now through two weeks. And what they are is a really, really big Big Ten caliber, very good defense, a very good special team. So, again, like we talked about last week, two, two to three phases, they're really, really solid. in. And then the offense, I think there is, you know, Greg called it a work in progress, but I don't even know if it's a work in progress right now. It, it is has a long way to go. We'll talk about some of the, the, the issues um, in a minute, but um, I think it's a team that Greg is going to do everything, everything he can to disguise, to, to cover up the warts, you know, on offense and do everything they can. And that's not turn the ball over. That's, that, that's the main thing. Because as, as he talked about time and time again, if you don't turn the ball over, or if you're committing uh, uh, turnovers like they, they had the first two weeks, you're going to give yourself a chance to win in the fourth quarter. That's exactly what happened again. And I, I think now at, at this point, we just know what the team missed. Yeah. All right. Let's just dive right into the sports. And, you know, I, I, I think I got a lot of emails. So it's always an interesting 
sign were where the, the fan base is moving expectation-wise. A lot of emails that said, we're 2-0, and but, or despite the two wins, dot, dot, dot. Uh, and I think people are concerned about the offense. I think they're certainly concerned about Noah Vedral. You know, Cratch, we've talked about it a lot. And <laughs> if they had a better option at quarterback, they'd be playing him. You know, I look back at the game now, you know, 22 of 28, 145 yards, one touchdown, ran the ball a few times. The biggest thing, as you mentioned, Sarge, zero turnovers. And we're just remiss if we ignore the constant pressure that kid was under in that game. I think about there was one drive when it clearly, you know, the goal was to fake a handoff, drop back, throw a long pass. You know, before he can turn around and see where Bone Mountain is, you know, Shameen Jones is, he's wrapped up and tackled. I mean, you can't, you can't throw downfield if you can't, you know, take a five-step drop, stop, turn, and assess it. Crash, is that, is that a problem you think is solvable, or is that it? Is this, is this what this team's going to be? I think there's a very good chance this just is what it is, as Sarge said. I mean, when I look at, you know, obviously I didn't make the trip. I watched the game, the tape. There are two things this offense has to do to kind of get going. They've got to be able to throw the ball down the field, and they've got to have Isaiah Pacheco get on a roll. You can't accomplish either of those things with the offensive line in its current state. I mean, the offensive line is the problem, and we thought it was going to be the problem going into the season and throughout training camp, and, and here we are. I mean, they're 2-0. and Rutgers fans should celebrate that. You know, I mean, look, for everything this program has gone through in recent years, you have to, you know, be happy with that. And you're barring a catastrophe, you're going to be 3-0 and for the first time in almost a decade. That's great. Do I still think there's a very good chance that Michigan is going to be a rude awakening? Of course. But right now they're 2-0, and on the way to 3-0. and They're winning games. Do I think it's a terribly sustainable formula? No. And the only way that you're going to kind of improve the formula, in my opinion, is that offensive line has to get better in a hurry. What it seems to me is they have regressed to the point that Sean Gleason's genius can't even mask it, which is a big, big problem. Right. Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's, a, that's a great, that is a great point. Are you surprised it regressed? I mean, you've got most of the guys back on that line. Sarge, I mean, I, I, I guess I just thought, you know, I knew, we knew, we knew from the beginning it was going to be a liability. I just didn't think it would be this big of a liability. Surprised, um, just based on, you know, the first thing, you know, going back to Indianapolis when Cratch and I were, were uh, you know, up on like the, the 22nd floor of, the, of, of a hotel talking to Greg Shiano. First thing he said to us was the offensive line is going to be an issue. That, that, that's his biggest concern. Um, he continued that, that, that refrain throughout uh, training camp. I, I'm not surprised. Um, but yeah, Cratch is right. I mean, you, you know, I got so many emails and texts and, and from people um, uh, yesterday about, you know, Noah Vedral. We'll get to him in a second, but you know, the, 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 there were two plays. We had a great view in the press box, and there were two plays back to back where, you know, they, that, that you know, clearly they were trying to go deep. That the wide receiver got separation, got past his defender, and Vedral had no chance to, to, right. to throw the ball. As soon as soon as, you know, it, he just had no chance. And back to back plays, and you know, you can't say that. Well, Vedral, you know, can't throw deep when, you know, and look, the fans, the fans are going to gonna pinpoint the quarterback whenever he gets sacked or whenever, you know, you, you look at the, the final to- total. But I'm telling you guys, it just, you know, he had no chance in that game. Right. And then the idea, and we, you know, I, we love to talk about Gavin Wimsat. It's been a fun story, but 
you put a, you put a kid in that situation against what was a very good Syracuse defensive front, one who's not as smart about protecting the ball. He just not. I mean, he can't be at that stage of his career. Uh, they they could have lost that game. It could have gone the other way. I think that that's something that's important to remember. We'll talk about him a little bit more as well. Um, you know, Cratch, when when you watch that on tape, did you see something that we didn't see off? Was was Vedral uh, was Vedral worse than we're we're making it out to be? And what were your thoughts when you're watching it? No, I, I think it's the offensive line is just not good. You know, they, they can't, you know, I think the back to back, like they can't, you know, they had the long touchdown pass to Haskins, but like, you know, I think the, the biggest thing that kind of stood out to me, and I went and looked at this, Rutgers has had nine scoring drives. I don't have the numbers right in front of me. Nine scoring, you know, touchdown drives this season. None of them have been longer than 64 yards, I believe. Wow. Michigan has also had nine touchdown drives. They like they've been like 87 yards, 79 yards, 80 yards, 75 yards. It's like that's the issue. Like I think the scare thing is like, hey, when they're getting takeaways, they can make things happen. We saw it against Temple. We saw it a little bit, you know, in crunch time against Syracuse. But when those takeaways stop happening, look, that might be a function of this team. This might be a team that gets two, three a week, which is great. But if they stop getting those short fields. I really wonder, like, can they sustain an 80-yard drive? You know, can the ball get kicked through the back of the end zone on a kickoff, and then they go down the field, you know, 75 yards? The other thing I will mention, too, that kind of struck me was they just, for whatever reason, they're not turning the ball over right now, which is great. But what happens when they inevitably do? It feels like, and especially now that it seems like they're playing so conservatively. And, like, Noah Vedral has been tremendous this season, but he – Remember last year against Illinois, he had killer turnovers. So this, I, you know, no veteran, we've seen him turn the ball over. So what happens when he has a bad game? That's got to be scary for Rutgers. Yeah, right. it is a razor thin margin right now. And and we say that when they've won one game by forty seven, one game by ten. Uh, but I mean, to that point. I do think the defense is is very good, bordering uh, with a chance to be even better than that. And, you know, we were going into this game, we thought that Syracuse was going to run the ball down their throats. That, that was the fear. I mean, we, we, this was a running t- attack that kind of reminded you, physical, you know, uh, we, we looked at what happened last year late in the season against Nebraska, and you're like, all right, well, this could be a game where Syracuse is just getting six, seven gobs, gobs of yards a play. Instead, they really shut it down well. Uh, gave, actually, the big play they gave up was in the passing game, you know, uh, the, one, the one scoring drive. Uh, Sarge, what has impressed you the most about the defense on the other side of the ball? Well, you know, it's the run defense, uh, like you said. Early on, uh, you know, Syracuse was, you know, pounding a little bit, and they, 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 they figured it out. And I, I think um, talking to some people behind the scenes, I think they, 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 uh, they were able to uh, kind of mix and match and be able to kind of, dis- uh, you know, do some different wrinkles. And, and they were able to uh, – they rotate a, lot, a ton of personnel early on. They, you know, defensive line, they, you know, you saw that. They kept on rotating defensive line, uh, linemen. Um, so they a lot of credit on that. I did. I don't know. Crash uh, was able to notice that on his film review, but um, and there were some Syracuse receivers who got separation, and there were opportunities for a good quarterback for maybe you know Cade McNamara, for example, who you know who who I think is a good quarterback to exploit in a couple of weeks. Syracuse doesn't have a good quarterback. And I think that could be an issue going forward. Now, Christian Izian had a, an amazing 
uh, breakaway, you know, right before the uh, end, end of the first half that I think you touched on in your column. Yeah. He's, you know, he's a very, he's a very good player. Yeah. He's very good, very good player. player. Um, but again, you can look back on the film or you just watch it live. There were some Syracuse uh, wide receivers who got downfield, had separation, good quarterback exploits that. So that's probably something that you need to uh, keep an eye on. But again, overall, the numbers speak for themselves. The defense has been very, very good. The defense, and of course, the punter. I got to tell you, Cratch, and I know I'm, I can't, you know, I can't extol the virtues of 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 our friend Adam Korzak to you of all people, Cratch. But I mean, it, it was pretty remarkable. And then that's two straight weeks that he has he has taken a punt and pinned the team back so far that it completely changed the momentum of a game. He did it against, he did it against Temple. They got a safety out of it. That, that, that was kind of the end of that game right away. And, you know, in that game, third quarter, Rutgers goes three and out right away to start the second half. He laces the 69-yard line drive to the one-and-a-half-yard line. And that, you know, you could just tell that just completely took uh, the win of Syracuse's sales. I asked him about it. And I mean, it's great. Like he's, he's, he's that, he's that great golfer that like, well, you know, I could have put it above the hole on like when it, when you hit it seven iron to three feet, you know, he's like, he's like, he's nitpicking what he did. I'm looking at you like, you could not have literally, you literally could not have run down there and placed in a better than you did. Uh, but he's a master of his cra- craft, man. I mean, and said he might come back for trying to come back for a fifth year, which is, which is pretty remarkable. Cratch. It is. So I will, you know, quick little story time. I can't remember what exactly the circumstances were, but 2018, his first year at Rutgers, I wrote something about like, you know, he is a weapon. Like Rutgers has to use him as a weapon. And word got back to me that, that the former head coach kind of scoffed at the idea. He's just a punter. What do you mean a weapon? We don't want a punt. That's why you punt. A punt is an offensive play. And Greg Schiano and his Adam Shire clearly understand that. And it's just, I think, look, after all of the – you know, best pound-for-pound player on the team after all the horrible seasons. It's just incredible to see Adam Corsak's ability being harnessed to win In a good way, exactly, and a good team. It's incredible. You know, it's not just like, oh, he had a great game in the 30-0 loss in Iowa. You know, it's like now, you know, I'll be honest with you, I I let up. I was like, has has a punter ever gotten a Heisman vote? Because – like you know, wow. like you, you laugh. Start the campaign. Do it. I mean, I, if I were Rutgers, I would start a campaign just Why to not? have fun. That's funny, of course. You know, yeah. but just I. But that being said, I mean, we all vote for the Heisman. I was sitting there thinking to myself, you know, I the Heisman is supposed to go to the you know the most outstanding college football player in America. Adam Corsack, for what he does, is got to be pretty close. He's the best punter in America. I don't care if some guy in the SEC has got bigger number. I mean, he is the best punter in America. We've seen him for four years now. So, yeah, it's just incredible. He's a guy who, you know, I think you're – I know you were kind of tongue-in-cheek, but, yeah, he he could punt them to a bowl game because they have a formula that they've proven works. Now, I'm skeptical it's going to work four more times, especially as we get into Big Ten play, but – if he keeps pinning people back there and they stay healthy, which I think, you know, one thing I forgot to mention, this team's basically at peak health right now. So what happens when inevitably one or two guys go down? That also has to be a concern for them. But that aside, 
Adam Korsak is brilliant, and it would not shock me if, whether he gets the extra year or not next season. Um, and I don't think anyone really knows where, how, you know, what, you know, it's the NCAA. You can't really ever predict what they're going to do. Wouldn't shock me if he goes to the NFL and revolutionizes the NFL punting game because I know that tr- usually rugby punting is not a thing in the NFL, but I mean, come on, look at this guy. Like, there's got to be someone who can make it work. I, I'm envisioning now if, if the, when the former head coach giving, giving a press conference answer on, on Adam, uh, Adam, you know, he's a punter uh he's a good he can hit he kicks the ball uh shows up goes to practice is he a weapon no no not a weapon <laughs> sorry i i just want to know cratch is uh, booked for orlando for for the college football home depot you know college football award show great guy award the great guy i mean it, like Man. all kidding aside adam corsag is probably going to leave here with all the punting records I think you know. I, well, I so so Rutgers has had great punters since two thousand. Yeah, Ryan Andrews, who else? You know, you know, Bar. Like, I mean, they've had you know Joe Radigan and, and Radigan. Yeah, you know they've had you know their their first uh, you know all Big Ten uh, you know performer was was a punter uh, you know a couple years ago. So they've had really good punters, and you know this kid is you know going to be without question the best in school history. He so is we, a we gotta, no we gotta, doubt <laughs> Rutgers Hall of Famer. Like if you look at all the guys in the roster, wow, Hall of Famer. We've got to yes. move off the punter, or they're going to cancel the show. I don't think it's ever been a podcast in the history of, of of the internet that's been canceled. But I can see it. They're going to all right. Too much on the punter, you guys. It's the rant's over. Uh, yes, but I agree. Hall of Famer, whatever place you want to put put our punter Adam Korsak, he belongs there. All right, let's jump into true or false, guys. Um, got a lot of topics this week. You know how it works. True or false, Gavin Wimsat will play against Delaware. Cratch, true or false? False. Sarge? True. True. Nice. All right. Good. So here's the next one on that line. True or false, Gavin Wimsat should play against Delaware. Cratch, do you want to see him? Should we see him? Of course I want to see him. True. True. Sarge? Those are two questions, questions, Belitti. Try to stick here okay should should he play against Delaware that's the question true he should again behind that offensive line he should play all right we'll come back and talk about that uh true or false Rutgers is afraid to let Noah Vedrill throw the ball long Cratch. true or false I'll say true Sarge I'll say false I'm saying yes I'm saying false too because they did did. and they designed a couple plays that just didn't work so True or false, Kyle Mononga should be the featured running back on this team. Cratch. False. Sarge? False, but can we get back to it? Yeah, we'll get back to it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say true, so we'll definitely get back to it. Uh, true or false, where's the separation? Rutgers has a wide receiver issue again. Cratch, true or false? Uh, false. Right now. Sarge? False. False. I'm going to go false as well, although <laughs> we really don't know. Uh, true or false, coaching. Can solve the Rutgers blocking problem. Cratch, can coaching save this? I'm going to say false. Sarge? False. Yeah, I hate to say it, but I think it's false as well. Uh, True or false, Rutgers never has to worry about Syracuse or Temple as a recruiting rival again. Cratch, true or false? False. Sarge? True. Were you in a carrier dome? Was anyone (laughs) in a carrier dome? I'm going to say false, too, because their, their best recruiter might be the Temple head coach soon. All right. Uh, true or false, Iowa is the Big Ten's best shot at the college football playoff. Cratch, true or false? I will say false. Sarge? 
false. I, I think it has to be true because I don't think Ohio State's getting, getting there with, with uh, one win, one loss. I mean, and finally, true or false, if you ever want to hide an embarrassing video, the best place to do it is on the ACC Network's Overflow channel. Cratch, true or false? True. Sarge? True. I mean, the emails we got from people about that, about that. I mean, like, I can't, I wanted to say, like, I, I answered a few of them. I just can't solve this for you. I'm sorry. I just don't know where the game is. I don't know what to tell you. ACC Network X. I, tell you, they, I guess they made look like Matt Millen and the Big Ten Network from, from the old days look like, uh, look like, you know, the peak Howard Cosell Monday Night Football uh, commentator. It, it, it's almost like me back a couple of years ago when Rutgers had that credit, for, credit card fraud scandal and I'm learning yeah, about yeah. The, black, the, the dark web for the first time. I had no idea. My <laughs> wife and everyone who I know like, are like making fun of me that I had no idea. It would be like me trying to find the dark web, the Rutgers fans trying to find ACC Network and the amount of emails and the text – I felt so bad. I mean, I, I just, you know, it's two weeks in a row. They've had, they've had issues with, with finding the, the, the game. And, you know, if you're a fan that, that, that is relying on, on TV, which a lot of them are, you know, I feel bad for you. Yeah, it's rough. It really is rough. All right. So why do you, why do you guys think they should stick with Pacheco? He's the most talented back they have. We've seen him, you know, flash, look like a big 10 player. We, we've seen it happen. I just think, you know, and look, I'm not saying the lease should be, you know, as long as you can imagine. I mean, at some point you, you got to go with the hot hand, but right. it's just, they have to get him North South. I mean, I still see, and I get it. I, you know, I continue every week. I don't understand every week. I'm like, why is it still happening? You know, he's five, you know, yards, six yards deep in the backfield. And then we're handing him the ball and he's running sideways. Like, I just don't get why they keep doing that. If he's doing that on his own, They've got to get him out because Monagai goes north south. Like he gets his shoulders upfield and he goes. But I think at this point, Pacheco just when he gets going, you can't stop him. Defense, we've seen that. That's why I think you have to stick with him. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, Monagai, um, I think he has some Ray Rice in him. I'm not comparing to Ray Rice, but the, you know that size. And I know Graciana's always liked those smallish uh, running backs to, you know, get, uh, you know, uh, to get rolling behind a big offensive line, which they have some tall guys on the offensive line because the defense doesn't see him, and then all of a sudden he's two or three yards up the field yeah. and gets another burst, uh, especially with their, their their blocking scheme, the zone blocking scheme that they 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 they, they tend to employ. You know, Manungai might be a better fit down the line. I still think Pacheco's a more talented player. So that's the reason why I said false. And I would not give up on Pacheco yet. Yeah, I, you don't give up on him. But I, I will say, you know, you, you want to you get more carries for, for Monaga. I just, I just think he's, he looks like he could be special. Uh, and the offense where it is now, you just got to start trying new things. Uh, we talked about the coaching can't solve the problem. I will, I will say this, though. Um, you know, there, there are some short passes that, that – that clearly were. I know fans get frustrated. I made a joke like they have a wide array of four yard passes, and they do. Uh, but the wide receiver screens seem to work a little bit for Bo Melton. They say, you know, they at least they're getting five, six yards on first down. So there are some things they can do. Uh, you know, we'll talk about any in insider questions. A lot of the insiders want to know why there are more tight ends involved in that. Um, you know, uh, Cratch, what do you think? Is, is, is there something scheme wise, even if you can't improve the blocking up front, can you scheme around it a little bit? I think you have to I, – I go back to the touchdown, so I can stemple. I do think a lot of their offense is going to be 
quick pass to Bo, get him in space, let him run. Him and Crookshank. I think that's going to have to be right, a big, right. you know, a five-yard pass that Bo then takes 50 yards. Like, that's going to have to be a big part of their offense. But, no, I mean, like, look, as I said, like, this offensive line is what it is. I mean, it's understandable. It was a mess when Greg Schiano got here. You know, it's, it's very difficult to, you know, getting a, a – good offensive lineman at the transfer portal is like signing a good offensive lineman in NFL free agency. There's only like three of them and they're going where the most money is or in the NFL, like, you know, in the, if you're, if you're the best offensive lineman in the portal, you're, you're yeah. going to Alabama, you're going to Ohio state, you're going to Clemson, you're not going to Rutgers. So you can't do that. You yeah. got to develop these guys. It can take, you know, I remember talking with AJ Blazic and he said, you know, when he was at Iowa, like offensive lineman in Iowa didn't play until it was like year three or year four. Like, that was just the way it works. Like, it takes a while to develop the guys. So, this is what they've got. And as I said, last year they were able to figure it out. But so far, I mean – There's a reason it. Greg Schiano has recruited about 10 of them in this upcoming class. I mean, it's, it's pretty it's, – Exactly. It's yeah. But even those guys are going to get here, and they might not be ready until, like, 2024. Yep. So, it's yep. – you know, they're going to have to figure something out. All right. Insider questions, as always. Thank you. We asked our people subscribing to our tech service for questions each week for the podcast. Got a lot of good ones, as always. I appreciate it. Thank you for – for for participating in the show and for subscribing uh this is a great one i want to start here uh cj and basking basking ridge wants us to name the three dumpiest college football venues you've covered a game in pretty timely sarge considering where we just came from uh so we're driving up this little quick story about going to the carriage and we're driving up and i'm doing a radio interview and, and the guy in espn new york espn i don't know utica or whatever it was was uh, telling me about it oh they really improved the carry dome you're gonna wait till you see it big new scoreboard you know they, they fixed the roof it no longer has that suction noise when you walk into it I'm like oh that's good to know because last time i was there it was a you know what? It was just an absolute dump. So we get there. I'm looking around. Eh, there's a new scoreboard. I guess, you know, there's new lights. It looks better. Have to go to the bathroom, walk into the bathroom, and you're still urinating in a trough. What is this? I mean, we had the, <laughs> you can't give me, you can't give me a urinal. You got to give me a trough, Syracuse. I mean, what, what, it's like, this is Deadwood, 1869 here. Come on. A, l- a little TMI. Is this TMI? I don't think it's TMI because a lot of fans, I'm sure there are Rutgers fans who thought the who were at that game who thought the exact same thing. Like, was it trough? <laughs> My goodness. Nothing will ever beat um, Leg- uh, Legion Field over in uh, Birmingham for for the for the. <laughs> oh, yes, that's right. I know well, there's history involved, folks. I know I'm going to get some angry emails from Alabama. I get it, but you know, all all I know is. You know, when I arrived, I'm not going to throw the, 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 you know, the coach under the bus. So I'll just say, you know, Rutgers, you know, there, there, there was a, you know, a Rutgers coach. When I arrived, I was walking in uh, with, with the coach. It's his first impression of it. And, you know, this was a coach who had seen a lot of football fields in his life and just was horrified. He was like, what the, the you know, bleep, bleep is, is, is this. And it was, it was bad. It was bad. Nothing will ever top that. Carrier Dome. Yeah, you know, is not is just not good, and that's the reason why I said you know that I don't think Rutgers that you know should worry about Temple for sure, and same thing with Syracuse. I think you know Rutgers is in Big Ten. Big Ten is going to be better than the ACC for a long, long time. Rutgers has better facilities. Um, you know, we couldn't say that back in or you know the the, the early part of Craig's first tenure. Now they have better facilities than Syracuse. Syracuse should not be a recruiting rival. Cratch, you must have a, you must have a facility. You must have a stadium you covered a game in that that that's not good. 
So, I mean, the worst stadium, I've, it's on a college stadium, Fed, uh, FedEx Field or whatever, oh, they, the, yeah. whatever the Washington football team, I, I think it's still FedEx Field. It, it's just an abomination. Thanks for reminding me. I'm going there Thursday. Oh, Thank you. It, it, Appreciate it, is, it is the worst stadium in America by far. Uh, College-wise, you know, I'm not saying this because where it's like Clemson, Memorial Stadium in Clemson is a dump. Um, Neyland Stadium, Tennessee, is the ugliest stadium I've ever been to. I mean, it is this hideous from the outside uh vanderbilt stadium kind of dumpy um real funny quick two funny things about my trip to vanderbilt so we go there and there was like this big church that like was selling out you know ten dollars to have tailgate parking and i guess the minister of the church didn't realize that people drank alcohol at tailgates in the south so he's like running around car to car basically trying to dump people's booze out and uh, they, they weren't really having it. And then we go to the game, uh, very sleepy environment. Like there's like the, like the lights are out in the press box. So it was like you fall asleep. And I start to smell smoke. Like some, I guess the, the kitchen the crew that was like working the press food, like once they closed the shop, they just started smoking cigarettes in the press box. So that was interesting. Um, yeah, outstanding. The, the nicest surprise stadium I ever went to, Mississippi State has a beautiful stadium. Oh, I believe that. A place of course. Where it would be a dump. Yeah. Uh, all right. That was a good question. Thanks, CJ. I got two good questions from Diane. Uh, wanted to know one, why, do, why does Rutgers continue to use the shotguns that have taken a snap under center in a fourth and one situation? I, I wondered the same thing. Fooch, our, our good friend from the, the TV network, is, this is one of the, the one of the radio networks, this is one of the things that he, he, he brings up a lot too. Uh, and the second part is another, another great observation. Uh, in both games, I've seen multiple times the quarterback take a snap and fake a play action handoff to someone that was not there in the backfield. I noticed this too in the game. Is this confusion? What's going on with that? Uh, Cratch, go ahead. Feel, feel those for Diane. Uh, Diane is a thousand percent right about under center. It, it boggles my mind that teams go, want to go seven yards to get one. With all the analytics that, you know, go into this thing, they still haven't figured that out yet. Uh, doesn't make and, and It boggles my mind at the college level. When you see it at the high school level, when you know when you see these high school, it's like you know, coach, like you're trying to run an offense that a college runs on Saturday, but their worst player on the team is better than your best player who's ever been to your school. So why are you doing this? Uh, and then for the the other one, I mean, I think that's just confusion. You know, you got a lot of motions going on. It's early in the season still. Um, believe me, I don't think there's any specific you know subterfuge about Noah Vedral faking a handoff to it to a ghost. All right, great questions, Diane. Alex from Marlboro wants to know, poor quarterback play from Syracuse saved and exposed Rutgers secondary. It's a good point. It really did. Uh, will Avery Young go back to corner? How hurt is Patrick Rene? And also, why has Tyshawn Fogg disappeared? Uh, Sarge, you want to feel this one? I mean, we, we noticed that with, obviously, we talked about the great plays Ian made to, to stop that. Otherwise, I didn't think the, I didn't think the cornerbacks were terrible, but it, it, not a lot of opportunities, really. Uh, what's your overall, overall thought about the secondary right now? Well, Max Melton's playing at a really high level. Yes, absolutely. He's the number one cornerback. And Cash, uh, Cash Abraham's playing at a, at a really high level. He's playing at a good level. Patrice Rene, we don't know. Um, so, you know, he, he obviously did not uh, dress for, for the first two, two games. Um, you know, Graciano has been more coy than, 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 than he's ever been about injuries. So we just don't know the long-term status on Patrice Rene. I wish I had the answer for that. And then uh, the third part of the question, Palladium. Hey, Sean Fogg. 
Oh, uh, so Fogg's been splitting it with, with Tyreek Maddox-Williams. Maddox-Williams is the faster guy. Uh, he's going to be playing in those third-down uh, sub-packages, um, and they play a lot of third-down sub-packages. So that's basically the reason why Fogg's numbers are going to be uh, – you know, Fogg's going to be in there on, on running situations on early downs, and, and Maddox-Williams is, is, is the faster. So the, the, those two are basically splitting it at this point. Hard to know since 03 makes every tackle uh, and every, every running play anyway. So, uh, all right. Uh, great questions, Alex. Um, we've got one from uh, – oh, this, is, this came up last week. Let's ask it again. Would you modify your preseason prediction based on what you throw, saw through two weeks? And it, it's, it's funny. Uh, for both Rutgers and the rest of the Big Ten, uh, the court wants to know. Um, I was thinking about this. What I saw from Rutgers makes me think with only a couple exceptions, the defense will give them a chance to win – I don't eight of the last 10 games. I mean, they'll be in these games. I'm not saying they're going to win them, but they will be in them, which means if you have a chance, if you have a chance in the fourth quarter, you know, you've got a chance to win the offense on the other side, you know, makes you think that they they, they could struggle in the games. I I would not at this point, I said five and seven. I think they're going to win. I still think they're going to win a game that you didn't expect them to win and lose a game. You didn't expect them to win. So I'm going to stick with five and seven or either one of you changing your predictions. I would say, I think five and seven is more realistic than I thought a couple weeks ago, but I think it's hard to make a wholesale change. I I'm not ready to go to six yet because one, I just don't know how much longer, and I don't know how they can continue to win this way. It's a very difficult kind of formula to replicate week in week out. But you know, I look, I think, Illinois and Northwestern aren't as good as maybe I thought they were going to be, but I also think Michigan state's better than we thought it was going to be. So it's kind of ebbing a flow. I think, you know, I think we'll have a much better idea once they get past the Michigan State games midseason. I think that's when we'll really know what direction this team is going. Because we've got the Delaware game. I don't think we're going to learn a whole lot from Delaware. I don't think we're going to necessarily learn a whole lot from Michigan and Ohio State. But homecoming Michigan State, I think, is the real acid test for where this team is going in a couple of weeks. Uh, Sorry. I ch- yeah, I changed it uh, last week, and I'm going to stick by it. I think they have six wins in them. I, you know, I think they're going to be three and zero non-conference play, and then um, yeah, Kratz mentioned it: Northwestern and Illinois, and then Maryland. Yeah, Maryland. You know, at, at the end of the year, I think that you know, home. I think uh, you know, there there's win number six. Wow, it's okay. That that's uh, and here we go to the Fort Worth ball, everyone. Um, a good one. Uh, another question: What? How do you think Rutgers will make sure not to overlook Delaware, and will they get back to votes, uh, get more votes in the AP poll, if they do go three and zero and go to Michigan at that record? Um, Kratz, you're more of a poll observer than me. Do they get votes at three and zero? I don't think so, but that wouldn't shock me. Just because I, I don't. The coaches' poll is giving them votes. Uh, AP is not. I, I don't. Siano is a member of the coaches' poll. <laughs> I think we know where the votes are coming. I don't want to expose any mysteries. Some insider baseball. I'm not saying it's Greg who's voting for Rutgers, but uh, I'll go. I'll climb on that ledge. Only USA Today coaches' poll that was ever publicly uh, available was the last one, and he hated when I would re- report it because it was public information. I worked for a Gannett paper at the time. He hated it. And he would always, if Rutgers was, you know, he would get, give him like 21, 20, 19. And I guess he would just say, look, I, you know, I have confidence in my team. And, you know, but the coaches fall. And it's not just Rutgers. It's not just Greg Seattle. But, you know, the, the coaches just are so, like, they, they will vote for their teams left and right. So, I don't right. think there's a lot of mystery there. The coaches poll, like – 
I understand when you're, if you're good at it. It's, I mean, no one cares about the coach's poll. Like, one, it's not the coach's poll. It's the chief of staff and, you know, communications official. Poll. That's true. You know, two, I'm pretty sure that Steve Spurrier, every year in the preseason coaches poll, he would vote Duke 10 just because, like, of his affinity for starting he his did, career. No, he, this is true. He did. Like, yeah. one year Duke was – I was covering Duke. They were 0-11 the year before. The next year they had a vote in the coaches poll. Yeah. And I called I called Steve Spurrier, <laughs> Florida coach, called the switchboard, somehow got, got through to him, and I asked him, uh, Coach – are you voting for Duke? Oh, yeah, heck, um, you know, I just that got a soft spot in my heart, the Blue Devils. I'm like, but they were 0 11 last year, coach. Yeah, but you know, that was last year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's like, you know, so yeah, it's a thing, you know. Anyway, I, I don't – I mean, they, they could get a vote. I don't see Delaware moving the needle. As for how you protect against Delaware, you flip on the tape of the Florida State game, uh, Florida State, Jacksonville State. Or, you know, better yet, and this might upset some people at the health center, you, you tell them a little bit about New Hampshire. <laughs> oh, boy. Do we, we want to go into that, Sarge? I mean, is that – do you think he's going to bring that up? I don't know if he wants to bring if – he, if he – I mean, he might have buried that deep uh, uh, deep yeah, in his I mean, subconscious. You know, he, he does, you know, use stuff like motivational attack. It's to, to, it'll be interesting. I'm going to ask them today at the press conference. By the time we, uh, you know, this goes on air, by the time a lot of people listen to this, it might be after. Yeah. But yeah. I'm going to ruin his day at the press conference. What you're I saying. probably will. I'll probably, you know, right away pee in the Cheerios. Yeah. Hey, you two and coach. What about that New Hampshire loss in 2004? Let's talk about that. Um, yeah, I don't think they'll. I don't think they'll give votes. But they, you know, at that point, they don't need to give votes. It's I certainly. You know, they'll have an opportunity against Michigan if they play well uh, to change that in a hurry. So uh, we'll come back and pick that game in a minute. I'm trying to see if there's any other good questions we have here. Um, here's one, Cratch, for you. A couple weeks into the season, who looks like the big, best team in the Big Ten? Is it Penn State, Iowa, Michigan, Michigan oh, State? it's Iowa by far. By far? You don't it's think Penn Iowa State by you far. Think Penn State's by real? For real? I mean, wow. here's the we, – like – we have to, I think it depends on how good Wisconsin is. Um, I still think Ohio State has the best chance to get to the playoff in the Big Ten simply because they're not going to play Wisconsin in the regular season. They're not going to play Iowa. For them, I mean, they should be able to win almost all. For them, it's, it's really beat Penn State and beat Michigan. You're in the title game. And I think that the loss to Oregon, as long as Oregon doesn't, you know, lose three games from here, as long as Ohio State wins the Big Ten title, I think they would get in with one loss. I think that helps them. Right, but so I look at you know, Iowa. Go ahead. When was the last time the West uh, Big Ten West team beat Ohio State or even Penn State when they were in like you know in a, in a big spot? When was the last time? It might be Bielema's last, like, and I think that's what I'm saying. Like, I, yeah, I don't know how. Again, you know, Iowa is two and zero, and they're ahead of Ohio State. I just, you know, I I know every year is different, but when was the last time a Big Ten West uh, division team beat uh, Ohio State or Penn State in a big spot? This might not be that Ohio State team, though. This team does not look good. Well, I, I do think they have some issues at quarterback. I, I think that quarterback does not give me the wow factor that you know no. quarterbacks in the last couple of years have. I think Wisconsin – I even think Wisconsin has a chance, better chance than you think. Because if they beat Notre Dame and then run the table and win the West, beat Iowa, you know, it's just – it's going to be hard. And Iowa, like, look, I mean, part of me thinks – we. 
Iowa has some crazy loss that you really can't explain every year. That being said, Iowa started last year 0-2. They looked like the best team in the Big Ten West potentially by the end of the year. Now they're, you know, they're cruising, although I think Indiana and Iowa State were highly overrated coming into the season. But, yeah, I still think it's Ohio State just because they have a more manageable regular season schedule. And if Ohio State has one loss and they win the Big Ten title, they're probably getting in. All right, everyone, thanks for the questions. Great job, uh, as always. Uh, we appreciate your feedback and, of course, for subscribing, having a fun time this season, chatting with you all on the text service. All right, Delaware preview, guys. Uh, I was thinking about this. You know, there must have been a moment where, where, where Greg Schiano settling into his office. He's happy to be back. He, he familiar circumstances, you know, feels good about being home when, when he just stumbles upon the 2021 schedule and says, who the hell scheduled Delaware? And, you know, I just can't, I just, he must have, this is exactly the team type of team. He does not want to play a good <laughs> football championship FC, FCS team. You know, Delaware hasn't looked if that impressive. Uh, but, you know, we know from history, this is, a per- is the obvious game you look past. New Hampshire, we mentioned Villanova. They lost too early in, uh, in Greg Shano's tenure. What do you think about this one, Crash? What can you tell me about Delaware? And do you think it's, it's as big a trap as I think it is? I don't think it is. I, I think – I was thinking it's like the – the fact that college football is scheduling so far out, like it's like, so Chris Ash comes in and he basically has to, they have to spend money to get out of the Miami game that Chiano scheduled and the UCLA series and everything. But then Chris Ash gets to leave behind this gift basket of you get to play Delaware, <laughs> which is, you know, FCS semifinalists. And then somewhere down the road, even worse, you're going to let Monmouth show up in Piscataway with their, with their hair on fire, the most fired up team ever coming up from the shore for this moment. So it just, you know, this is the circle of life with schedule. Maybe we should stop scheduling games 20 years in advance. Uh, they run the ball well. I mean, you know, they've been – I mean, I don't – I think they, they won by like 10 against St. Francis. They main, you know, which is up and down. I don't think it's the trap game that everyone thinks it is. This is a school that, you know, they lost 17-14 at Pitt in 2019. But other than that, they haven't been terribly competitive against ACC opponents. They're not like North Dakota State playing a FBS team, Power 5 team like every year. Or every year, they don't necessarily dabble a lot in these types of games. I think Rutgers has a physical advantage. They should be able to win this game comfortably. I, you know, I don't think it's going to be sixty-five nothing. This is not a MIAC team or a SWAC team, but I do not see this being the trap game everyone thinks it is. All right, so let's do predictions. We don't have a line. I'm going to set it myself on like twenty-one. What do you think? Is that a good line? Twenty-one that sounds good to me. All right, so uh, we'll see if that's wrong. We'll see if I'm if Vegas is more generous than I am. Uh, Sarge, you go first. Pick, pick, pick the game. Yeah, I've been conservative with with Rutgers. I think they're going to explode. This is going to be wow. Okay, where they explode. And again, um, we didn't go back to it, but I think Wimsat does have a package for him. I mean, I just think that it, you know, we, based on everything that we've seen uh, and reading the tea leaves with Graciano, it's not poured any cold water on, on, on the idea. This is the type of game where you play him just to get him a little bit of experience. If you're going to play him this season, you would pro- hope to play him in the uh, game against the one double a. Um, so mm-hmm. I think there will be a package for him. I have no inside information. We haven't seen it in, in practice. So uh, no, no one can say, well, you know, I have no inside information. It's just me get speculating here. I think that there will be a package for him. I think the um, record is going to win big again. I think the offensive line is going to need to get some confidence and, and, and have a dominant performance. But I, I say, you know, 38 to, to seven. 
Wow. Okay. Cratch. I will say like thir- thirty-one to seven or something like that. I don't. I don't think that. I mean, I guess there's only a touchdown off with Sarts. I mean, I think this is a test where this is a big. I think moment for Sean Gleason in that we've talked all about how he's, you know, able to kind of make his system fit the personnel he has. Uh, They might have to kind of retool this offense a little bit on the fly and find some new things that are going to work given what they have. So I think this is an opportunity to potentially experiment a little bit, try some different things out. Um, I will say, you know, actually, I don't even want to give him 31 because I just, I don't think this team can, you know, unless they get, a wave of takeaways. I don't think they can score 31. I will say 28 to seven. So okay. your line is right on the nose. All right. Uh, I, I'm, I'm the one who's two and zero against the spread this year. So uh, I'd say this um, with, with, with absolute certainty, whatever the, whatever the line is, I'm taking the points. I just don't like this game. I, I, I get crazy things happen when we bring one of these opponents in. I, I think it'll be hard to get up for it with Michigan, with Michigan looming. You know, I just – I see it being – I think Rutgers is going to win the game, but I think it's going to be a much closer game than neither one of you think. So I'm going to go something to the effect of the 35-28 um, kind of game. So we'll see if we'll see who's right uh, when we come back next week. So let's talk about Wimsat really quick, though. You know, Sarge, do you think he's going to play? Kratz, you don't think he's going to play. Why don't you think he's going to play? It just seems very quick to me, you know, and, and I also feel like – we know that Greg Schiano loves the, the, the gamesmanship and uh, the, the vague, you know, never wants to give up proprietary information. It just feels like if you're going to try to like throw the whimsat curveball at someone, I don't, you know, why would you do it against Delaware? You know, you get an experience. Yeah. Cause you can't that, do it. That's against, a very valid point. You can do it against but, Illinois. Where are you going to do that? So that's the, that, but I was going to say, like, that's where I have to contradict myself, you know, provide a counter argument. If you don't play them against Delaware, right. you, can't, you can't throw them out there in the big house, you know, or you don't want to play against Ohio State. So then we're getting, you know, we're now a couple weeks down the road. So you're going to play them against Michigan. You know, maybe Michigan State is the spot because, you know, his family was playing to go house hunting that weekend. Anyway, that's when he was supposed to be here, Michigan State game. So I think that's, I just, it just seems really quick to play them against Delaware. Wouldn't shock me if he plays. I think it would be kind of, you know, it's amazing how people have kind of moved into these camps of there's no way he's going to play and he's definitely going to play. But, yeah, it just, it just seems a little quick for me. I've always thought that maybe mid-October would, would be where you could realistically get him on the field. But, hey, if he plays against Delaware, I mean, it's going to be a, a heck of a show. We had this moment in the carrier dome crash where, where, you know, we get there early and he's out there. And he's playing catch with Vedral. And I mean, Sarge and I are basically like, you know, <laughs> hunched over our, on our seats, kind of watching his. And I, I say, like I said to him, like, wow, this kid, kid's really got a good arm. And I thought about it, like, well, of course he's got a good arm. I mean, that's like, you could throw, play a catch. If, he's, if he doesn't have a good arm, he wouldn't be, you know, recruited as a quarterback. Yeah. So the breathless, the breathless update of me watching him play catch was, was something else. And Sarge, you took video of it too. You were even more into it than I, I did. I was I yeah. was two two things about and I'm not saying Cratch is wrong. Cratch might end up being right, but how hard is it? Are we overrating a little bit? You know, if you're just going to do a specific package, you know, a Johnny Langan specific package, and, and make the terminology as simple as possible, how hard is it to get? He's in shape. I mean, you know, he he arrived in in, in shape. 
you know, so how hard is it for him to, to, to just to, to give him a package of, of like seven plays and, you know, and, and just he's not going to he's not going to start against Delaware. I get that. But, you know, at some point, you know, late in the second quarter, you know, could could, could you see him for a package I, you know, for a series? I think I think we might. Yeah, I, I totally agree. If not, uh, if not now, then when, when, when. All right, what else do we got, guys? As soon as we hyped up, hyped up women's soccer for the National Natty, they, uh, they lost two games, I see. Anything else going on campus, Crest, that we need to talk about? First ever volleyball games at the Rack. Woo! I believe they had a, a solid weekend, so that, that's, you know, big news. I mean, uh, you know, that's a, kind of a quick ascent for a program. I mean, I, I, coming into the summer, I didn't think they could physically put a volleyball court at the rack. I thought – I was under the impression they had to, like, literally drill holes into the basketball court that would ruin it to, to put a, you know, net in. But I guess they basically trucked the floor over from College Avenue Gym and threw it on the rack – I don't know all the details, but uh, they're playing in the rack, and that's a big step for that program, I think, because it's going to allow BTN to put them on TV, as they did this past weekend. And I think it's much better. It's a lot easier to recruit when you can sell a nice arena or, you know, a respected or a, a cherished arena. I won't go as far as say the rack is nice uh, than, you know, the barn. <laughs> All right, and field hockey also lost, men's soccer. So, you know, it was, wasn't a good start. You, you, every team stumbles eventually along the way. So uh, not a surprise there. All right, guys, that's it. Appreciate everyone for listening and, and for participating. We'll be back after the Delaware game. Talk about that in the preview Michigan. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Rutgers Rant. To participate in the conversation and receive live updates about the Scarlet Knights directly to your phone, sign up at nj.com insider.